Father, help us to abide in you as you are with us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, let's go straight off to uh, Matthew chapter 5. Straight off to Matthew chapter 5. It's where we've been sitting for the last several weeks. Why does it say Matthew 8? Oh, that reference is all wrong. So just ignore that. The page number is right. The reference is wrong. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. Starting with verse 1. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, because they will be filled Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. This is a description of the sons and the daughters. This is a description of men and women who follow Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit. So if you are, um, if you are a, a son and a daughter, this is you, okay? This is a description of your life. Now, you say... TJ, this doesn't describe me very well. Ah, 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 it does. You just may not act like yourself. The problem's not with God. The problem is never with him. The problem may be with us on our end, opening and allowing him to make us into this, okay? But this is a description of who we are. It's kind of like you go back to the beginning and it said um, God made them male and female in his what? Image, okay? That is not something that can be taken away. It's just not. The, the, the worst, uh, most horrible person in the world is still made in the image of God. They still bear the image of God. They may twist it, they may reject it, they may not... Uh, act like it at all, but they still are given the image of God. That's why uh, the taking of human life is such a big deal to God, okay? Because you are taking the image, even if it's an evil one, uh, an evil person or what we might call an evil person. Likewise, okay? Likewise, here, this is a description of the redeemed. This is a description of the saved, This is a description of those in Jesus, those in the kingdom, okay? This is a description of us. Now, now, again, does it look like me? Well, you need to let it. You need to let it. Be who you were made to be. It's okay. Verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. 
In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. The older I get, the more I realize the beauty of God's plan for my life. The more I read scriptures like this that talk about salt and light and light that, that lights up everybody around them. Folks, we, uh, uh, the other one that comes to mind, the fragrance of Christ. We are called the fragrance of Christ, okay? When we go into a room, it should smell better. Now, I realize it's been hot the last couple of weeks and not all of us are smelling our best because it's not that kind of smell. We are the light of the world. We are the flavor of life. It, it saddens me that growing up, Christians were always thought of as uh, stuffy and no fun and, you know, you have to go do the things outside to really have a good time. Folks, nothing should be farther from the truth. We should have the best times. We really should. Uh, in fact, I think when we do it right, when we do relationship right, we really do have the best times. Okay? When we do marriage right, folks, Hollywood's got nothing on us. They don't. In fact, go out and watch the best rom-com out there. Go out and watch the most romantic film out there. It will have nothing on the marriage of a son and a daughter coming together as good gifts to one another. We need to start touting that. We need to start being that. Not just saying we are, but actually being salt and light and the fragrance of Christ. Okay, okay, okay. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. I want to point out one quick thing and then we're going to talk about peacemaking, right? In the 13 minutes that we have left. All of these descriptions of you and I are relational. They're not a doing list, they're a being list. And that being must be done in the context of relationship. If you are going to be merciful, then you have to be merciful to someone. Okay? Even the hungering and thirsting for righteousness, the righteousness here is righteousness towards your community, towards the, the creation, towards your, your brothers and your sisters and the world. All of these things are intrinsically relational. They are how we relate. They are how we are in relationship. Okay? I came across this really great quote from a guy by the name of Mike Bickle. God wants us to be relationally oriented first and achievement oriented second. He's not saying don't be achievement oriented. Okay, he's not saying that. He's not saying do nothing. He's saying when you do something, let it come out of relationship. The importance, the primacy of relationship. The quote goes on. I love this next part. We are not first warriors, we are first a bride. We are first lovers, then we do the acts of war. I really hope that sinks in. We are first lovers. We are first a bride. It is relationship. It is relationship. 
everything start to finish, this whole beautiful word of God, the Holy Spirit given to us is because relationship. In the beginning, God made man and woman and they were in the garden and what did they have? They had relationship. What was the, 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 the most heart-wrenching thing of the fall was it broke relationship with everyone. Uh, someone a couple weeks ago said, you know, it started out sort of the Holy Trinity, man, woman, God. And, and after the fall, it's the unholy Trinity, right? In the, in the garden, we see man, woman, God. After Genesis 3, we see man, woman, serpent, right? And in man, woman, God, you have flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone, You have Adam, the good gift to Eve. Eve, the good gift to Adam. In their maleness and their femaleness, they are whole together, right? And there is beauty in that. And there is relationship in that. And what's one of the first things that happens when they get the knowledge of good and evil? It's the woman that thou hast given me. Always King James, don't know why. And what's hers? Oh, oh, it was the serpent, and the fracturing of relationships. But folks, we are not post-fall. We are post the cross of Jesus Christ. Okay? We are the sons and the daughters. We are the ones reconciling in Jesus Christ. Right? We're not on the defense. We are the offense. We are the salt we are the light, but, but relationship, we do the deeds, those are good, but relationship, we are lovers first, then we do the acts of war. Well, let's talk about peacemaking really quick. You understand peace is a big deal to God, huge deal to God. One of the stories that illustrates this best for me is back in the Old Testament, the man after God's own heart was a little shepherd boy named... David, right? And David is, uh, God empowers David. He fights Goliath. He fights numerous wars against God's enemies, uh, those that are harassing God's people and oppressing them. David does some incredible things. And at the end of it, David is made king. And David wants to do what? He wants to build the temple of God and welcome the ark home. And God says, no, David, no. Does anyone remember why? What was the reason? This is David, man's after God's own heart. God says, David, I'm sorry, but your hands are bloody. Your hands are bloody. And my house must be a house of peace, not a house of war. Now, now, in Samuel, Samuel says, David, you can't build the temple, but God's going to give you something better. And at the end of it, David's like, oh, snap. Yeah, that's better. I'm all for that, right? So don't think David got gypped. But God had to make a point. When my temple is built, it's going to be a house of peace and a house of prayer for all nations. And so David's son that builds the temple's name is, come on, Sunday school guys. And Solomon's name is peace. Solomon literally means peace. Shalom, man, right? Peace is a big deal to God. The first thing we do in making peace, in being children of God, is we make peace with our God. Or that's really a bad way to say it. Because 
you remember that quote, we are first a bride? I'm going to offend my masculine uh, brothers and my own masculinity here, but in, in coming to Jesus Christ, we are all brides. We all receive. Sorry, you, you are. If you don't receive, then you have nothing to do with him. Just a, just a fact. When we come to Christ, we are all brides and we all receive. And so we making peace with God is really allowing him to make peace with us. That's what it is. He has done it all. He has done everything. We receive. The two big things for us as children, sons and daughters of God, is first of all, receive. Second of all, abide. That's it. That's the the whole Christian life in a nutshell. Receive, abide. Receive, abide. That's it. Both of them are coming and receiving from God constantly. You will never have a time when you do not need the cross of Jesus. Okay? Peace with God, first and foremost. And, and numerous parts in the scriptures ratify that, bringing the cross out, um, trying to get this whole response thing down, thinking about what we need going forward in this day and age in our culture. And, and at least for me, I'll just be selfish and say, I need more of the cross in my life. And so I brought it back out. I said, you know what? It's not just for Easter. It's for all time. So when we have, in a few minutes here, a time of response, you're invited to come down at the end of the service if you want prayer, to come down and bring whatever you have in front of the cross, okay? There's nothing magical about this, but it's a symbol that directs our eyes. And there's something to physically responding. And there's something to being in community with brothers and sisters and bringing something down and saying, I need help. I need someone to pray with me. I need someone to pray over me. I need help giving this over. Okay? Because even the peace with God part is not easy. What we have turned peace with God into is kind of like the peace of the Cold War. Anybody here old enough to remember the Cold War? Oh, my snap. My kids don't remember the fall of the Berlin Wall. They weren't alive. How sad is that? Guys, you remember the fall of the Berlin? Some of you do. Some of you are like, dude, you just said I wasn't alive. Yeah, I know, I know. But you got to understand, growing up, having the Iron Curtain, anyone, anyone, you know, Russia. The... Now, we were at peace. We were at peace. But we were also in a state of Cold War. Sometimes we come to the, the Lord and we say, okay, Jesus, I'll give you, uh, I want you as my Lord and Savior, I'm going to invite you into my heart. And then sort of the Cold War begins. And so, Lord, as long as you stay over there in your country, I'll figure things out in mine. Right? And it's a wreck. And it doesn't work. And the whole time, the Father is saying, would you just let me come in and make peace? Make peace. Make peace wholeness, shalom. But peace with God is where it starts. It is where it, it starts, middle, and ends. We're constantly going there. Peace with everything else comes from our relationship here. Every other relationship comes from this one. Every other healing from this healing. Everything comes from that right there. We'll pick this up next week because that's when we're going to get to the good stuff. Because I, I had four points here. I had peace with God. I had peace with creation. I had peace with his image, which would be you and me. 
okay? Well, next week, we'll talk about making peace with each other. If, if you think for one minute that you're going to do this relationship with God well and not have peace one with another, oh, baby, oh, baby, when we don't have peace one with another, when we carry grudges and bitterness, when we carry that kind of baggage, we are not salt and we are not light. You cannot be the fragrance of Christ if you've got the body odor of bitterness. I just made that up. <laughs> you know this. You ever been with a brother and a sister and they complain about somebody? And they tell you how awful they are and what, what brokenness, you know, they just, t- does it smell good? Talking about uh, making peace with his image and then the last thing I wanted to talk about this morning we'll talk about next week is, and maybe, maybe the hardest one, but making peace with yourself. That's for next week, so a little teaser trailer. In the meantime, though, I want to talk real quick about making peace with creation. This sounds odd, right? But understand that we were put in this world, we were put in creation to, well, I like the Hebrew translation, to serve and protect, because that's really the idea of those words. We serve creation and we protect creation from the enemy. We protect creation from brokenness and sin. That's what Adam and Eve were given the job to do in the garden, to serve and protect, okay? But here we are in creation, living in our world, and it is not easy to be at peace with creation. Let me give you just one small thing that popped into my head this week when I thought about how do we get peace with creation, okay? Here's what you do. You pick a day, any day of the week that you have time and are able to do this, and are you ready for this? This is, this is revolutionary. I have the escape door right there in case I need to run. Anything electronic, stay away from it. Okay? Anything green or outside of a building, go for it. Simple, right? Anything electronic, just stay away. Unplug. Guess what, folks? The world is not going to self-destruct because you haven't checked your news feed or your Twitter or your Facebook or anything else. Guess what? Go outside. Look up at the sky. See that face book. See the creation that is speaking the language of God to us. We have become so achievement-oriented for nothing, right? And, and in doing so, we try and be more efficient, and we have built more efficient ways of doing nothing and really achieving little, right? And, and, but we're good at it. We're really good at spinning that hamster wheel, right? And so we have cars that'll give us to pl- get us to places faster, and we have uh, phones and things that we can communicate quicker, and we have the ability to have gobs of useless information, even toxic information crammed into our heads faster. And as a people, it's killing us. As the sons and daughters, it's distracting us. It's distracting us from allowing our natural bodies that were made 
from the earth and are made for the earth. I, guys, you, you're, you, you guys, you, you, we live in Ohio, right? Anybody here had a hothouse tomato? You, anybody know what a hothouse tomato is? Okay. Now, has anyone had a fresh garden tomato? Is there a difference? Come on, folks. That, that's our bodies. That's us, you know? I mean, when we're like this all the time, it's okay to unplug. It's okay to just go out and just be still and know that he is God, just for a little bit. Just learn, just learn. Be at peace with creation. Be at peace with your bodies. Some, I mean, these are, these are temples of the Holy Spirit. Be at peace with your body. Be at peace with the body that God gave you, that God rejoices over. You know what? We become masters at critiquing ourselves, critiquing our bodies. I realize the culture has trained us to do that. Be hypercritical of all your flaws. No. No, you think of the kids out there, you know? I mean, seriously, God rejoices over the way he made them. Like a parent rejoices over their children. Folks, rejoice over the body that you've been given. Preacher, you have no idea what my body's doing. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. They're not made to last forever. But God wanted to bless the world with you, and he did it through your body, through your maleness, through your femaleness. I realize that this is enormously countercultural, then we'll pray and then we'll go. But folks, we have genders for a reason. And it's a good reason, okay? And it's not about roles. It's about the gift of God in my masculinity and the gift of God in femininity. It's a beautiful thing. And we've abdicated that to the culture. And the culture, not knowing what to do with it, it either abuses it or it neglects it. So on the one hand, you have the genders at war with one another, men that abuse women, women that abuse men, and there's this constant power struggle. On the other end of the spectrum, well, your driver's license now, you can put down man or woman or whatevs, right? It breaks God's heart to see people confused. It doesn't make him angry except at sin, at foolishness. It breaks his heart that his children that he made would not feel comfortable in who they were made to be. It should break ours too. We're going to pray, and then I want to invite you, if you have something to bring to the cross of Jesus this morning, if you feel that, you know what, you've been in a cold war with the Lord too long, and you know something's not right, and you want it made right, you don't want to know just a stopping of warfare, you want to know the peace that passes understanding. We're going to invite you to come down and sit here. I'll be available to pray with you. Alan will be available to pray with you. One of the sisters will be available to pray with you. Or you can simply go to the Lord and lay it at the cross on your own. But don't ever miss a chance to bring something to the cross of Jesus. Let's pray and then we'll go.
Father God, we thank you that you tore down the dividing wall and you gave us peace in Jesus Christ. Peace for every relationship, for every part of our being. God, our prayer this morning is that you would be the peace that passes understanding for every part of our life. We pray for relationships. We pray for relationships that, Father, first and foremost come to you. We pray for relationships in marriage, relationships in friends. We pray for relationships between brothers and sisters in you. Father God, relationships are hard and they're broken and they poke and they prod and they hurt. But God, the blood of Jesus is bigger than that. And we declare that this morning, that the blood of Jesus is bigger than any hurt. The blood of Jesus heals any wounds. The blood of Jesus is the aroma, the aroma of our healing, Lord. God, we lift this before you. We take it to the cross and we ask your blessing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, brothers and sisters.